today, we're going to introduce a new series of messages that I'm very excited about because I think it's a subject that is very personal and very relevant to each and every one of us. You know, in our natural life here in this world, there's uh, certain things that we all have in common. One of them is that we are all either a son or a daughter. Every one of us. Because every one of us also have or had a father. And even in our natural life, a lot of the input to who we are, the person we have become, comes from our parents, frankly. It comes from our mom and our dad, but it's an amazing part of the father and how much the father has served, maybe not even intentionally, but unintentionally too, shaped us, formed us to be the person we are. So we're going to go into this whole series of messages on being sons and daughters, but not sons and daughters in the natural, but sons and daughters in the spiritual. Because we're talking about not our earthly father, we're talking about a heavenly father, our God, who was and is our creator, but he's also to everyone in Christ, everyone who is born again, Everyone who has been born into the whole, into the spirit, into the kingdom of God, also recognizes him as their father. But that also serves us with a lot of mm, misunderstandings or confusion or other things, because sometimes we bring in a lot of baggage into that relationship, and it distorts our view of who our good heavenly father is because a lot of times he gets sized up and compared to our experiences with our earthly father whether he was absent or whether he was present or whatever but we're going to talk about our first message today that's going to go into well who is this guy <laughs> Who's my who's my daddy? <laughs> who is who is the father? Who is the father? You know, let's pray. I I feel like we need to pray. Father, we come to you right now boldly. And we ask you, Lord, that you will reveal yourself like you never have before. Lord, that in these coming weeks, you will pour out your spirit, you will impart your presence, Lord, and you will reveal yourself, manifest yourself as our good heavenly Father, perhaps like you have never done before. I pray that you will raise the level of our eyesight, our revelation. Lord, to see you in a new light, to see you like we have never seen you before. 
Lord, I pray that you will strip off this sense of familiarity that we just think we are already so familiar. And yet, Lord, there is so much more, so much more that you want to reveal and draw closer to us. And Lord, so we can truly see ourselves. Unless we see you as our father, we cannot see ourselves as a true son, as a true daughter. So Lord, this is very, very essential that you will come, Lord, and you will open and reveal yourself to us in new ways. Open up your word in Jesus' name. Amen. If I ask you the question, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Maybe you would give an answer that is a gospel message, a gospel answer. Well, we know why Jesus came. Jesus came to, as we did in communion, to save us from our sins, to forgive us, to wash us of unrighteousness. He came even to destroy the works of the devil. He came to redeem us. From sin and death and hell. He came to redeem us from all of those things. And, and the answer is, is that the right answer? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> that is why Jesus came. But perhaps there's one more. There's one more significant part of Jesus' mission when he came to earth. He wanted to do something very important. He knew what he was going to do in the cross and the grave and his resurrection. He knew what he was going to do. But for in that moment, that, that small moment of three or three and a half years, he was going to accomplish something else. It was his desire and his passion that he would reveal the person of his father. It was not just to present himself as the son of God, which he did. But ironically, with that, he was going to present the person of our God and what he, who he truly is, the father. Jesus did present and represent and personified the Father himself. Because it was so important that the reason Jesus was given, he was given by the Father, right? Wasn't Jesus a gift of the Father? So doesn't that also represent, when you think about the gift, we love the gift. We look at Jesus and go, oh, we love Jesus so much. He's the gift for our salvation and we forget there was a giver behind it so it also communicates the incredible the amazing giver the true giver that that is our father that's who your father is and as a born-again believer that's who he is so a lot of times that's overlooked but he came to manifest him. He came to make him known, to reveal the true person of our Father God, the true person. So he might restore and reconcile us to a full 
unhindered relationship with him. So that's where we start to understand that, that Jesus came to do that. Revealing the Father was the main focus of Jesus' ministry. Now I know, he did. He preached the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom, he did all of that, but he also revealed relationship. What it was with relationship. This was revolutionary in Jesus' time. This was actually a mind blower for the Jewish nation, for the religious people, for those in his day. It was, it was revolutionary. God as Father. To us, that's very familiar. We're very comfortable. But yet, at the same time, for them, it was very unusual. Do you realize Father is only mentioned 15 times in the Old Testament? Mm. Specifically, God is mentioned as Father only 15 times in the Old Testament. 165 times just in the Gospels. You think Jesus was up to something? He was trying to change the narrative, right? Change the change change our vocabulary. Not God, not even Jehovah, but Father. This was Jesus' favorite term. Of course, we know this word we see it in the Bible, Abba, Abba, Abba. It's the Aramaic translated into Greek. It is Father. Jesus loved the Father. Jesus was obsessed with the Father. He was, Jesus, the Father was all Jesus could talk about. Every time he was questioned about his existence, his mission, I'm here, the Father sent me. I'm here, I only do what the Father, what I see the Father do. I only say what, the, what my Father, wow. I think we've got a little ways to go when we think about our connection as a son, as a daughter. Sons talk differently than slaves. Mm -hmm. Daughters act differently when they are in the apple of the eye of their father. When they are loved and treasured and they're so precious I mean, they just act different. Nowhere, nowhere does Jesus teach that all of humanity calls God Father. Jesus never taught that. Jesus taught calling God Father to those, only those, who have entered into the kingdom of God and are born again of the Spirit, and then they have become indeed sons. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the right, to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You're born of God, and if you're born of God, then you indeed have a father, have the heavenly father. That is not true for everyone out there. It's impossible. It's impossible 
for us to see or know the Father without Jesus coming first to you and revealing him to you. I want to read Galatians 4, 6, and 7. You're familiar with this. It's about our adoption. It says, because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Abba, Father. That word Abba is very intimate. It's really like, you know, I have a, uh, I have a niece that's older than I am. <clears throat> that's right, I was born into uncleship. <laughs> she is probably about 71 years old right now. And I always get touched by her. She's just one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. One of the things that's sweet about her is I love to hear her talk about her dad. Because she doesn't call him when she refers to him. She doesn't say father. She doesn't say dad. She'll always say daddy. Yes. And it almost sounded funny to me, you know, at first. It's like, I mean, all of it is my daddy. She's 71 years old, but she speaks of her daddy, who's in his 90s. And it's just so precious, so special. So that's what this is here. When the Spirit sends his son in our hearts, prompting us to call out daddy. You're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Jesus is the one who will reveal the Father to you. And ironically it is, it's when our eyes are upon Jesus, we don't see Jesus. We see the Father. Because that's what Jesus' mission was. That if you really want to know what the Father was, what the Father is, it's looking at Jesus because everything he did was inspired, was transferred by the Father himself. Luke 10.22 says, My Father has entrusted everything to me, Jesus said. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Wow. You want to know more of the Father? Ask Jesus to reveal more to you. And he will do it. He wants to do it. In 2 Corinthians 6.18, I mean, Paul is quoting the Old Testament in there when God speaks to his people. And God says, I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What hinders you? What hinders you from seeing? You know, just in the natural, we have physical blindness. Physical blindness definitely makes life difficult. Can you imagine being blind? 
just try walking around. We would do that sometimes in the youth group. I would just make them, make them, have them be blindfolded and make them walk around blind. Just so they get an idea what blindness is like. <laughs> because it does make life difficult. It's not unsurmountable, but it is very difficult. But spiritual blindness makes life completely meaningless. If you're blind in the spirit, you have no purpose. You have no significance. You have nothing. We were created. You were created to know the Father. To know the Father. Another scripture that describes Jesus in Hebrews 1.3, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So make no bones about it. Make no question about it. They are not separate. Don't compartmentalize them. Mm. We grow up in Sunday school, and I know that's our tendency, is in Sunday school, we know God is three persons. And this whole Trinity thing, this whole triune thing, is hard to get our arms around it. We can't comprehend it. We can't explain it. And no theologian has ever been able to explain. Because they are three, but they are one. <laughs> and so Jesus is the radiance and the glory of God, and he is the imprint of God's nature, of the Father's nature. Even the disciples... Even the disciples were right there and they came to a point where they wanted to see. They, they had been around Jesus. They had been hanging around Jesus. And it was one day they're in conversation and they realized that Jesus is getting ready to, to leave. It's making them very uncomfortable. But finally, you know, it's, it's someone like a Philip who will ask, you know, hey, show us the Father. Show me the Father, Jesus. If it's you that reveals the Father, then you show us the Father. John 14, 7 to 9. Jesus is talking to them. I almost said back to them. <laughs> he said, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time? I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Because who I am. The fact is, Philip, if you, had, if you see, have seen me, which you have. You need to realize if you've seen me, you've also seen the Father. So why would you ask me this question? Later on in that same chapter in John 14, Jesus is saying, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. We, 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 we come. 
Jesus comes, Father comes. So, why am I saying all that? Because there is spiritual blindness, or there is limitation to how much we see. Mm -hmm. You have a perspective, you have a view, and maybe your vision is, none of our vision is 2020. Trust me. <laughs> Heavenly vision, we will never get to 2020 until that day. The day of the coming of Christ. And then we will see everything as they really are, including ourselves. Mm. But right now, we are all at different levels of, of perception, of sight, of revelation. And you understand this is spiritual, it's not physical. But we can learn a little bit the fact that there's a lot of parallels and similarities. Natural blindness, spiritual blindness. We're going to look at this blind Bartimaeus. Remember that guy? What do we know about Bartimaeus? Let's read about it in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. I'm reading in the message. You'll have it on the slide. They spent some time in Jericho. As Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road. He's blind. When he heard that Jesus, the Nazarene, was passing by, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, mercy, mercy, have mercy on me. Many tried to hush him up, but he yelled the louder, Son of David, mercy, have mercy on me. After all the yelling, Jesus stops in his tracks and he calls him over. They called him, hey, it's your lucky day, get up. He's calling you to come. Throwing off his coat, he was on his feet at once and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what can I do for you? What in the world? What kind of question is that, Jesus? Isn't that a duh moment? <laughs> He's a blind man. Let's <laughs> don't ask the blind man what you can do for him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. On your way, said Jesus, your faith has saved you and healed you. In that very instant, he recovered his sight and he followed Jesus down the road. Blindness is terrible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. May we be like a Bartimaeus. May we cry out. And God ask the Lord to open our eyes. To see. To see. And do you realize that Bartimaeus? He got his eyes open, and he not only saw the natural, he saw the spiritual, I believe. Hear me now. I think Jesus didn't just open his natural eyes. I think he opened up and he saw like he never saw before. 
And who knows? He may have looked upon Jesus. He had no idea what he looked like. And when he saw Jesus, he saw the Father. I just throw that out there for consideration. You know, Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You know, sometimes we, we, we pass by and you see people out there and you think, how can people believe what they believe? Because mm. they don't see. Yeah. They're blind. Yep. What blinds us? Ask you early, what is it that blinds us? This room, I can promise you, even this room right here, right now, Every one of you carry within you father issues. And I don't mean your heavenly father now, although it might be true too. We've, I've experienced the fact when we, were, when we were pastoring a church in San Jose, I would get word. We would have a Father's Day Sunday service. And there would be some people missing. And they were deliberately staying home. Because they had pain that they did not want touched. It was so, fatherhood was so sensitive that they were carrying around father issues or father wounds inside of them that they couldn't even come to church and hear a message on how good fathers are. Couldn't do it. So that's obviously going to hinder us, going to hold us back, these father issues. Our experience, the reality is your experience and my experience with my earthly father good or bad, present or absent, abusive or not, normal, natural, good, bad, ugly, whatever it was, that experience perhaps has even shaped you inside to know your capacity of whether you can receive a heavenly father and what he looks like. And what he's really like. Go out on the street. Ask people. Hey, who do you who do you think God is like? And they may come up with answers like, Oh, he's very far away. You know, the big guy in the sky. Just even that little thing that we would say, the big guy in the sky. What is it? He's distant. He's separated. Our experiences, our distorted views, even our life with our parents can shape and mold our capacity of how much blindness we will have to the true Father. Life experiences, even with people. You know what's tied to this a lot too? Is even... This little experience called rejection. Mm. Rejection. There is something about a father and his blessing 
How many, how many sons, how many daughters grow up trying to get their father's blessing, trying to please them in just one thing, or even to do something and not hear, you know, son, that was really good. I'm so proud of you. That was amazing. Pause. Although, or but, it would have been nice if it had had this or that. Not 100%, not unqualified. Did you know our Father does that? Our Father, our Heavenly Father does that when we're in Christ. It's all taken care of. But rejection, ultimate approval comes from a Father. Do you say things like this to yourself? I am always the one at fault. I am not acceptable in the eyes of others. I know what I feel isn't important. I know there's nothing likable about me. I don't deserve to be loved. I don't feel anyone could really love me. I will never be good enough for anyone. I will try and earn your love knowing I can't. I will never be able to please those I love. I want to be loved, but I just can't seem to fit in. Do you realize a good, strong relationship with the Father can change that narrative? And so you can see the difficulty we have of transferring, transferring a relationship that I I had with my earthly father. And now I'm supposed to look at him, God, even calling him him. I just can't seem to make the connection. What else will blind us? We live in a world of distractions. We live with past hurts and disappointments. In other words, we have a lot of baggage. What hinders us? The bottom line is, here's, what, here's the outcome of all of this. All of our natural earthly experiences in relationships, whether it's with parents, whether it's with adopted parents, whether it's with a single parent, whether it's with no parents, whether it's with people, whether it's with all of our relationships get thrown into the mix. And with that, all of our biases get thrown into that, that now it's even hard to hear that this Heavenly Father is too good to be true. Too good to be true. Can I just say this? This is one thing that is not too good to be true. I'm telling you the truth. He is good as Jesus is good. You say, how good is he? He's as good as Jesus. How safe is he? He's as safe as Jesus. So let's go back to Bartimaeus and look at, I want to bring out some insights from a natural blind Bartimaeus about 
a father encounter with Jesus. A father encounter with Jesus revealing the fathers to us. So let's go there. Three points. Ready for the three points? <laughs> First of all, the father is near. Your good father is near. Listen, he is not the big guy in the sky. He is not distant. He is right there. Yes. He is with you. I can tell you in my life and in my ministry, our ministry, I, I'm not going to say that I have heard the voice of God multiple times. But I will tell you this, that the most precious profound word that the Father says to me when I need it the most is four words. I am with you. Mm. And I gotta tell you, that's all I needed. Seriously, that's all I needed. I knew he was there. The presence of the Father is so powerful. Yeah. And the knowledge of the presence, I have an absolute assurance and confidence of the presence of the Father is there. If he's there, everything is going to be all right. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I know it. I know it deep in my heart. And I would have that word come to me at critical times in my life, in, in our ministry, and in my personal life. That's all he needed to say. And of course, he knew that's all he needed to say. Hmm. And I've got it. I don't know. It was one of the precious things to me when, when um, we were raising our children. One of the my favorite things when I'd come into the house and I would hear our kids, my daughter in particular, my Angie, I could hear her. She, she was very loud, <laughs> like her dad could get. But she would say, I could hear her. She didn't know if I was home, but I could hear her sometimes talking Raising her voice to Jan or Steve or whatever, whoever would listen to her in the house. And she would say, hey, is dad home? Or she would say, hey, is dad here? And if I happened to be there in an earshot, I'd say, yes, I'm here. Oh, okay, that's all I wanted to know. Seriously. That was her thing. There was something about it that gave her an assurance, a security. Dad is in the house. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, your dad is near. Mm. He's near you. He's in the house. That's good. He's close to you. He's not up in heaven. He's not just down below. He is so close to you. He is even in your mouth right there. As close as your breath. And we see that in Bartimaeus because it's in, 
The, the wording here is Jesus stopped in his tracks and he called him over. He called him. It was your lucky day. Get up. He's calling you. He throws off his coat. By the way, that was a beggar's coat. He got rid of his beggar's coat. That's right. Because he knew he wasn't going to need it anymore. Because the father is in the house. And he was going to see. So whether you're aware of it or not, go ahead and look up Psalm 139 sometime. This is a great morning devotion. Sit down with Psalm 139 and read it out loud to yourself. And you will sense the nearness of the Father, perhaps like you have never done it. He's so close. Nowhere will you go that he is not there. Number two, the Father is interested in concern. In Mark 10, 51, Jesus said to Bartimaeus, What can I do for you? blind man said, I want to see. Can you think about that when you're in prayer time? First of all, when you're in prayer time, the Father is near. He's there. And yes, he's calling out to you. Hello? What can I do for you? What can I do for you, son? What can I do for you, daughter? I'm with you. I'm with you in this. Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Romans 8, 32, God didn't spare his own son. He gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Good grief. He gave Jesus. He's going to with him like we talked about last week, withhold from you? And number three, the Father is gracious and He's loving and He's forgiving. Jesus told Him, on your way, your faith has saved you and healed you. Notice the wording there? a complete work. Jesus made him whole. He didn't just open his eyes. He was made whole that day. That's why I have a hunch he experienced the Father's presence. 1 John 1, 3 says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. They don't know him. So, how's your eyesight today? Did your eyes open a little wider? May the scriptures, may the word of the Lord open your eyes. May the Spirit of the Lord open your eyes. May you, as you look upon Jesus, hear the words of Jesus that says, 
if you're looking at me and you're seeing me, you are seeing the Father. And he's your Father. And we come to you and we make our home with you. We do. It's not me coming home and he stays up there. We're here. Because I'll tell you, if we have trouble getting this, receiving this, I should say, really receiving it and embracing it, you will never, never be able to accept yourself as a son, as a daughter. And that's where we're going. That's where we're going in this series. For you to see your identity. We know anything in the last couple of years, people have been trying to change and redefine identity. You are. You are a son. You are a daughter. He is our father. And he's a good father. Let's bow our heads together. Let's go to prayer. I, I just had these words this, actually this word come to my mind come to my heart I feel like there might be some of us here that there's a part of our life a part of our thinking a part of our heart here's the word unsurrender unsurrender what is it that you have not brought to your Father. You're, you're withholding. You're holding back. That you have not surrendered that. Maybe you don't think it's safe. Maybe you feel shame about it. Maybe you just ironically will still think the Father is going to love you less or not approve of you or whatever. But he wants you to bring it. Bring it and surrender it to him, whatever it is. I wonder if there's anybody here that you might have some father wounds. You might have some father wounds. You might have some offenses that you still get offended about. forgiven and it's holding you back it's blurring your vision of your good father For some of you like that I just want to pray over you right now father you know where we are I pray that you'll touch each heart Lord, everyone who is trying to surrender something to you right now, Lord, you would right now send your peace and your presence, your forgiveness, your mercy, your love, pour in upon them right now. Healing, Lord, let there be healing in their hearts. 
We surrender what has not been surrendered. We give it to you right now. In the name of Jesus.